We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a Friday edition of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you. Very much as always for locking in, whether you're watching this on video, whether you're listening to this in audio podcast form, appreciate you all very much stopping by. Uh, if you can, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this content, please go on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the Talking Buffalo YouTube channel, subscribe at that like button, leave a comment in the video, helps us continue to grow this show, of course, on the audio side. If you want to help out, you want to support. Uh, you can follow, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, today's Friday. Well, this is dropping on Friday. I'm actually taping this very, very late on Thursday night. Um, solo, this is not going to be long. I got three things that I want to get into. So this will be kind of like a three-segment uh, in and out solo podcast today. Segment one, I got some thoughts on where the Buffalo Bills are right now in the eyes of a lot of the national media. There's been a lot of, I don't know, it seems for whatever reason, maybe it's because they played so bad in a preseason game last week. I don't know, but there just seems to be a lot of bashing going on of the Buffalo Bills with some national media people, people who quite frankly aren't even real NFL reporters. But anyway, I got some thoughts on what they're saying and where I think the Bills are at and how I feel about it. So that'll be segment one. Segment two. Buffalo Bills have their preseason finale this Saturday afternoon in Chicago against the Bears. And by the way, it was reported, official I should say, on Thursday afternoon, uh, Sean McDermott said that the Buffalo Bills starters, including Josh Allen, will be playing on Saturday. I'm sure that is to at least some extent a direct result of how bad uh, the first team looked in Pittsburgh last week. But anyway, so the Bills starters are going to see some time in this finale. Uh, some of the Chicago Bears starters are going to be playing as well. So there'll be a lot of talent on that field. Anyway, there's five things I would say specifically that I'm personally going to be uh, more locked into with anything else during that game on Saturday. So I'll have thoughts on that. And then in the final segment, and this is something I'm going to start doing um, 
we'll say semi-regularly when I do this podcast, when I do this solo anyway. Um, last week, I went to Johnson's Landing. It's a brand new, like, hotspot food place, restaurant, sky bar, roof bar, whatever you want to call it, in Hamburg. It literally just opened up uh, less than two weeks ago. I went there with my wife for lunch. So I got some thoughts on that, a little bit of a review. I pre-taped that, so I'm just going to play it here um, near the end of the episode. And like I said, it's going to be something I start doing here semi-regularly. I'm not going to do it every week, maybe uh, a couple times a month. When I have a, whether I'm trying some wings at a new place or I went back to an old one or it doesn't have to be wings. It could be something else. Just going to have a series of, of wings slash restaurant or bar reviews here on this podcast. As we kind of, this will always be primarily a sports podcast, especially with the Bills and the Sabres. That's never really going to change. But as we start to do more shows, I'm going to start to get into more topics about Buffalo, around the city, business leaders, community leaders, bars, restaurants, things like that. We'll start having some conversations um, about some of those places. Anyway, that's going to be here um, at the end of today's episode. Pretty tired. So if my voice goes a little bit, forgive me. Um, again, I'm taping this close to midnight on Thursday, and this is actually the third podcast that I've recorded tonight or been a part of, I should say, anyway. This is the only one for talking Buffalo. Um, but earlier tonight, and by earlier tonight, I mean on Thursday night, I got a chance to go out to what's well, I'm in West Seneca. I went to West Seneca, the Rock Power Report. Um, Chris and Drew, they've been doing this, I, I think, since like 2014. Uh, one of my favorite Bills podcasts out there because they're from Bills fans who don't try to pretend that they're something that they're not. They they approach their show from a Bills fan perspective, and I've always enjoyed that. Plus, Drew's just absolutely nuts. Uh, if you haven't checked out Rock Rock Power Report, make sure you uh you go listen to these guys. They're really good. Anyway, went to their studio, and I'm kind of like a tech geek, and you know we do a lot of these shows, and typically nine times out of ten, it's either me doing something solo. Or I have people with me live at Imperial Pizza, which is cool. But most of these shows are via Zoom or StreamYard. And my guest is in their location and I'm here at home in mine. And it just shows up, you know, on the screen, a split screen. I don't really know of other Buffalo people who have their own podcast studio besides mine, other than the Rock Power Report. So to be able to go in there and check out the work, and this is mainly Chris, I got to make sure he gets the credit. Studio's dope. Uh, again, I'll put it up on YouTube. I, I took one picture of it, but their setup is really cool. He's got a two to three camera setup, and he can switch cameras during the show. Uh, he's got a couple of Shure SM7B microphones, three of them actually, so they can have two guests. Um, it just looks really appealing. Sounds great. Looks great. Anyway, I got a chance to do their show, and that was a lot of fun. So not sure what time on Friday, but sometime Friday, uh, those episodes will be out. So make sure you head over to Rock Power Report and go check those out. It was a lot of fun with Drew and Chris. We talked about a lot of Bill's stuff. Also talked some wings. Uh, really good conversation, and I don't want to spoil it. I mean, you can go watch it for yourself, but a really interesting discussion about Tim Graham not long ago writing a story for The Athletic um, discussing Ron Rakuya getting fired by Terry Bagula, and we talk a little bit about that story and have opinions on why more reporters in the media Never really dug into it. I think uh, some pretty interesting things were said. So anyway, make sure you, you go check that out. That was a lot of fun. Anyway, back to today and this episode of Talking Buffalo. Um, Again, 
a couple thoughts on, on where the Bills, I think, are being received at right now. A lot of negative talk throughout the week by two guys who are, if they're any kind of insider, they're NBA insiders, but whatever. They got their big platform now. Um, the big one is Stephen A. Smith. As I'm sure all you know now, he was on first take earlier this week, and I'm not going to play the clip. In fact, I did so earlier in the week with uh, Anthony Marino on Wednesday's show. Long story short, if you don't already know, he basically said that a source told him that Stefan Diggs does not want to be in Buffalo, that Stefan Diggs wants out, that he's going to play hard because he's here. He knows he has to be here for now, so he's going to ball out, but his heart's not here, and he would prefer to be somewhere else. That was what Stephen A. Smith said via a source. Stefan Diggs himself immediately took to Twitter, complete denial, said he loves Bill's Mafia. You know, he's excited about this season. Stephen A. doubled down on his show afterwards. And so he's standing by his story. He, he says, per sources, <laughs> whatever. He says, per sources, that, um, that Diggs wants out even though Stefan Diggs says he does not want out. And then you have uh, Chris Broussard. I don't even know what the hell network is he on. Is he on Fox now? Is it Fox? I don't even know. But he talked about the Bills and not having any leadership, which I think is even more ridiculous than what Stephen A. Smith said about Stefan Diggs. You, we can hate on Stephen A. all we want, and I, and I do think he does this for attention, which worked. Because that's probably the biggest thing we talked about in Buffalo all week long, football-wise, was Stefan Diggs wanting out per him. But anyway, that's that story of the two probably has more credibility to me. I think maybe there might be some kind of little morsel of truth in there that if Stefan had his way, maybe he'd be somewhere else. But he's here in Buffalo. He's certainly going to make the best of it. Maybe you can convince me to some level that there might be some truth in that. But what Chris Broussard said, who knows nothing about football, except I think he, or not, I think, he says Deion Dawkins was a backup left tackle. He called him that before. Don't even give me a about Chris Broussard. I'm going to lose my train of thought and get pissed off. But to not, to say the Bills lack leadership is ridiculous. There's a lot of things you might be able to say about the Bills right now. If you don't think they're going to be that good, you could, Talk about the offensive line being an issue. You could talk about middle linebacker. You could just talk about how good the AFC is, how loaded this conference is. Sure, I'll buy that. But lack of leadership, Josh Allen is a leader. Stephon Diggs is a leader. Micah Hyde is a leader. Jordan Poyer is a leader. Trey White is a leader. Matt Milano's quiet, but he's a leader. And I didn't even mention Vaughn Miller, who might be the biggest leader of them all. This team doesn't lack leadership. It's it is stupid. That's just some stupid ass shit that Chris Broussard, who wants to be Stephen A. Smith, is out there saying to get attention. And then you got Nick Wright, who we already know. He the biggest Bills troller that there is. You know, the two-time defending offseason champion Buffalo Bills, zero actual Super Bowl defending champion. And then he counted Roger Saffold as a big loss. So again. Take everything they say with a grain of salt. They're, they're looking for the attention and they're getting it. I'm giving it to them right now. Many of you have tweeted about it or wrote on Facebook or whatever. So we're all guilty. But anyway, I guess my point is 
it's weird how much negative national stuff is going on with the Bills right now, but I kind of like it. That's what I'm getting at here. I kind of like it. I do. I don't like when the Bills are the front runner. The last two years, the Buffalo Bills, and especially last year going into the season, were heavy favorites to, to win the Super Bowl. And it's been like that the last two years, ever since they made it to the AFC Championship in 2020 and lost against Kansas City. I never really liked being the front runner. And it was, you know, there was nobody in 2021, there was nobody in the division to even test the Buffalo Bills. Then last year, Miami was going to do it, and they did do it to their credit. And if Tua doesn't get hurt, who knows how that division ends up playing out. Ultimately, of course, the Bills won. And look, they're going to be in a dogfight this year. I don't think the Bills deserve to be the, um, you know, the overwhelming favorites to even win their division, let alone win the AFC or, or, or win the Super Bowl. So I'm not mad. I'm not, I, don't, I'm, I wouldn't be upset that the Bills aren't the favorites because I'm not sure that they deserve to be. What I'm saying is that I like it. I think this is a football team that maybe, you know, being disrespected by the idiots like Stephen A. Smith and especially Chris Bouchard or Nick Wright, maybe this will put a bigger chip on their shoulders. I kind of like that. I want to see a Bills team that's angry, that's annoyed. Because I'm not sure. I'm Look, end of the day, all the injuries, the weather, and the million other reasons that they had to lose last year, they still only lost three games by eight points. This team was another touchdown and a, a field goal away from being undefeated during the regular season. They're a great team on paper. And I think they're a great team on the field. They're not without flaw. But you can say that about any team. I just, I don't know. I don't like being the favorites. I didn't like it last year. In fact, I hated it. It bothered me all last offseason. Everybody, if they're right about one thing, like if Nick Wright's right about one thing, it's that the Bills were anointed the last two years, and especially last year. So I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of good with them being the maybe the, the, the team that's perceived as being the third best team or the fourth best team in the AFC. I'm even good with a lot of people out there, and there are plenty of them, who aren't even picking the Buffalo Bills to win their own division now. Kind of like that. I like that it's going to make them play angrier. I hope it does. It should. And then it makes it play with a bigger chip on their shoulder. So anyway, that that's my thoughts right now on where the Bills are being perceived. I actually, some people, it might bother them. They like being the front runner. They like being the... the the, the clicky pick, the one that everyone talks about. I'm good with that. Let everybody think that Miami or the Jets are going to win the division. Let everybody think that the Bills are not simply as good as the Kansas City Chiefs or uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, which for the record, I don't buy that for a second. So anyway, it is what it is with those teams. I just, I like where the Bills are at right now, perception-wise, uh, around the league. But before we get to... The playoffs or even the regular season. We still got one more preseason game to, to wrap up here. These are five things between the Bills and the Bears on Saturday um, that I'm looking for specifically. Number one, linebacker, <laughs> A.J. Klein versus Tyrell Dodson. One of those two guys almost, almost certainly are going to be a starter. And when I watch this game on Saturday, my expectation isn't going to be well, who's making better plays? Who's doing more out there to earn the job? I feel like at this point between these two guys, it's almost like, well, 
who's going to hurt their case less? I mean, who's going to screw up less? Because that's it's not going to be that one of these two guys wins the job for me as much as one of these two guys loses the job. At least that's what it's been to this point. Personally, I think AJ Klein has the edge right now. That's just my opinion, my gut feeling. I don't have any inside knowledge on any of that. I kind of feel like Terrell Bernard, despite the fact that he hasn't played a snap in the preseason and he won't be playing probably Saturday either because he's missed three straight practices again this week. Hamstring's still not right. I feel like Terrell Bernard, by not playing, is probably going to end up being your starting middle linebacker in week one. And it's like you really want to get behind him now because you already know what Dodson is and you already know what Klein is. I'm not huge and I'm not very high on Terrell Bernard, but you don't know what he is yet. He might be something starting in the middle of a Buffalo Bills defense. But anyway, like I said, one of the things I'm looking for between Dodson and Klein, which one is going to do less to hurt his, uh, his own cause between those two? So that's one thing. Um, another thing is the wide receiver position. I, I feel like at this time that the Bills are going to keep six receivers and five of them are, are locked in for sure. Obviously, Stefan, Gabe, uh, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, and the rookie Justin Shorter. Those five are locks. There's nothing they're going to do on Saturday that's going to jeopardize their standing in the roster other than get hurt, of course. That sixth position, though, that sixth receiver, Khalil Shakir, Andy Isabella. I feel like that's coming down to the wire. And I got to admit something. I never thought it would. I never thought until maybe this last week or so that Khalil Shakir's position on this football team would even be even a little bit in doubt. But it definitely is now. It definitely is now. He is inconsistent. And he's went from, and I was at five practices during camp. He took every first, first team rep when there were three wide receivers, every practice that I saw. And he started the preseason in the slot when the Bills would be in a three wide receiver slot or set. Didn't happen though in Pittsburgh. And he's got some flaws. It was, he's frustrating because we, we saw in that Colts game, that opener, the preseason opener. Makes a really nice catch on the sidelines. Runs up the middle, a really nice route. Calls down a 20, 21-yard pass. But then he drops a third down pass right in his hands. On third down, it forced the Bills, it killed the drive. And that's the problem with Shakir, trust. He's inconsistent. He drops the ball at bad times, it seems. He did a little bit of it last year. Seen some of it at camp. He's not the greatest blocker. I don't think, and he's a fifth-round pick. It's not like this guy's a, a, a day-two pick, let alone a day-one pick. I don't think his spot on this team is 100% locked in. And I feel like the door's open at least a little bit for Andy Isabella. And if you're an Andy Isabella guy, I, I would like two things from the, the Pittsburgh game last week. A, he caught a pass for 19 yards, and he was almost immediately yanked after that. And B, I thought it was, well, maybe it was potentially telling him. We'll see Saturday, but that he was the one returning all the kicks. Is he going to return? If he returns the opening kickoff on Saturday, I would be, I would say his chances of making this team are even more real. Obviously, if he goes out and he has a big game, it's going to help his cause. I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think the six 
receiver on this team is set in stone with just one preseason game left. I feel like the door is open for Isabella. Now, if I'm making a prediction right now on today's show, I would say Andy Isabella, who, by the way, we found out is actually a vested veteran, which means if the Bills were to cut him before next Tuesday, I think next Tuesday, 4 p.m. is the deadline. If the Bills cut him, he doesn't have to claim, go through waivers unclaimed to go back to Buffalo. The Bills might say, hey, listen, we're going to cut you now. Sign with our practice squad. And the very first sign that something ain't right with Shakira or somebody goes down, you're going to be up and you're going to get some run on this team. They can work that out. That's the reason why I think Shakira makes this team because I also feel like if he goes on waivers, there's 31 other teams. One of those 31 other teams are probably going to conclude that Khalil Shakira is one of their best six receivers. So I think he'll land on a roster somewhere. That's why I, I, I lean Shakira. But by no means, and I mean no means, do I think it's a lock. Uh, so that's two. Got a couple more, and then we'll finish up with the Johnson's Landing uh, review. Be right back after this message. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back here talking Buffalo, and I'm going through five things that I'm specifically looking for during the Bills' preseason finale tomorrow um, at Chicago against the Bears. With the starters playing, I'm going to fly through these last three pretty quick, actually. Jordan Phillips, he's going to see his first action of not just the preseason, but real since training camp. Um, slow coming back from his injury. I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks. Is he going to move the needle at that position? I feel like at the end of the day, the Bills are probably going to keep five defensive tackles on the active roster. So I feel like Jordan Phillips, even if he goes out and he looks shitty for whatever reason, I don't think he's in any danger of getting cut based on what he does Saturday in Chicago. Quite frankly, this is an organization that I'm very confident. I already know what they have in Jordan Phillips. I do think maybe there's a chance that they want to take him coming back slow and they could say, hey, we're going to throw you on IR for four weeks. 
let you get fully healthy and then come back and we'll figure it out come week five. But in all likeliness, he gets he sees some reps, looks pretty good, and, and then we go from there. I think the Bills ultimately keep five defensive tackles. You got Oliver, you got Daquan Jones, those are your starters. Then you got Puna Ford, you got Tim Settle, and you got Jordan Phillips. Those could be three through five. Um, Jordan Phillips, if he plays, moves in the, look, if, if he looks the way he's capable of, and from what we've seen before, he's probably your primary backup to add Oliver at three tech. But now Tim Saddles played that position some too. So it could possibly uh, be him. So I think Jordan Phillips has at least a little bit to play for on Saturday. And besides being on the active roster, I could see like that 46 man game day roster, the bills keeping, you know, eight defensive linemen, which would be four defensive ends, four defensive tackles. I just spelled out for you five defensive tackles. So between Puna Ford, between Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips, if the Bills are only having four active on game day, that means one of those three uh, are going to be on street clothes. So plenty to play for for Jordan Phillips, who hasn't had an opportunity to show anything yet. Um, Two more. I feel like this is Kyrie Elam's last chance to impress, to really do anything, quite frankly, during the preseason and camp for the most part. If he continues on the trend that he is, I feel like right now, Come week one, Monday night at the Jets. I think he'll be on the sidelines as tree close. I don't think he's any I don't think he's in any danger of not making the team, but I certainly think he's in danger if the Bills keep three outside or four outside corners on game day, he might not be one of them. I think Christian Benford for now is ahead of him on the depth chart. And I feel like that's earned. I do. Kyrie Elam's got to go on on Saturday and, and show something positive. Well, for starters, let's not have a, a defensive penalty. That that would be good. That would be a good start. But he's got to make a play, a couple plays, whether it, whether it's an interception, knocking a pass down, maybe a nice hit in the open field, uh, doing something good in run support. He's got to start doing something positive. I mean, he needs to put together a consistent game too, like not flash for one play and then look lost on the next. It's kind of been his problem this year and, and last. And I like Kyler Elam. And even if he doesn't, I'm not going to give up on him quite yet. If he goes into the season, the fourth corner at the fourth outside corner, I should say, and he's not dressed for week one, I'm not going to say this is a bust. But I am going to be worried. And you should be too. Because there is a fair case. If this is a first round pick and he can't beat out a six rounder, Christian Benford, and or a seventh rounder, Dane Jackson, then you have ample cause to worry. So anyway, I need to see something positive for Kyrie Elam on Saturday. And then the last thing is just not one specific player, but, you know, the starters will be out there. And obviously, like all of you, don't get hurt. That's quite frankly, that's all I give a shit about. Having said that, if they play bad for a quarter, we'll probably spend all next week overreacting, just like we did with uh, the Pittsburgh game last week. Or vice versa. If they look great, everything's perfect. Everything's rosy. That's fine. Starters, all I care about, don't get hurt. But I think there's legit roster bubble guys on this team. I want to see how they look on Saturday. I got a list of a handful of guys that I want to watch play. That I'm going to be locked in on. One's Cam Lewis. I don't think it's a lock that Cam Lewis makes the team, but I think he's a really good opportunity to make the team. The Bills keep 11 DBs. He's probably that 11 DB. Going out and playing well Saturday might seal a deal for him. Um, Ike Bakker, 
a guy who came back from the Achilles. I, I, I like him. I just, I don't know that he has a, oh, he does have a path to make the team right now, but I don't know that he makes the team. You got Torrance as your starter. I, he is your starter, by the way. You got Torrance and you got McGovern. If the injury, now he's injured. So David Edwards is going to be starting Saturday in his place. Um, anyway, so you got David Edwards. That's a guard. And then you got Ryan Bates, who could play either guard position center or maybe, hopefully, possibly some tackle depth as well. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure uh, that there's room for Eichbacher. I, I like to say that there is, but I don't know. Him having a good game would be big for him. Uh, two more. David Quisenberry, I'm out on him. I talked about him on the Rock Powell Report show ad nauseum. I've talked about him on this podcast. I'm just out on him. I think the Bills are in a lot of trouble. If either Spencer Brown goes down or Deion Dawkins and David Quisenberry has to start or play for any sustained length of time, if he's your swing tackle, I think the Buffalo Bills are in a lot of trouble. That's my feeling right now. Maybe go out on Saturday, put together a really good game because you're probably playing for your job. And by job, I mean being on the roster. I think he's firmly on the roster bubble because I think Ryan Vandemark right now, if the season were to start tomorrow, I think he's your swing tackle. No, I think there's a very good chance the Bills might look to the waiver wire or to the trade market to address offensive tackle. But I think Ryan Vandemark is above Quisenberry on the depth chart. And Quisenberry's in big danger of not making this roster. So I think this is a big game for him on Saturday. And then the last guy I got is Bale Inspector. This guy went in the camp part of a three-headed horse uh, race to start a middle linebacker and just, I don't know why, just fell off. I don't know if he's, if it was just lack of opportunity or not taking advantage of an opportunity. He played one day with the ones at camp, day three at camp, and that was a wrap for him. So I don't know what's going on with him, but he hasn't really done anything during, during the preseason. And I think he's on that bubble right now. Because I think the Bills are carrying six linebackers. Four of them are set in stone. Then you got Matekovich, Klein, who could start, or he could be on the practice squad. He could be cut and sent to the practice squad. Matekovich, a special teams ace. And then Bale Inspector. I don't all two of those three are making the team. One's not. And I'm not even counting Traven Howard, who maybe, you know, he has a big game on, on Saturday and he puts his name up there. But I'm not sold. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm not sold. Let's just put it that way. I'm not sold on Bale Inspector right now making this team. I don't think it's a lock. So if I'm him, I'm doing everything in my power to go out and have a good game. So anyway, those are the five things specifically that I'm looking for in Chicago. I want to bring up and I'm going to end the podcast or I'll come on the sign off at the end. But again, I'm going to play a clip. I pre-recorded this. This was uh, my bar slash restaurant review, brand new place just opened up in Hamburg called Johnson's Lane. And I'll play that and then I'm going to sign off for you. All right. This is a wing slash restaurant review for a brand new place in Hamburg's on Lakeshore Road. It's called Johnson's Landing. And when I say new, I mean, quite literally, this is a new place. It has been open to the public for less than two weeks as of this recording. In fact, it just opened up last Sunday. Uh, August 16th. Food-wise, I went there with my wife, and between the two of us, we got three different things that I want to drop a, a quick review on. Um, I got a beef on wet sandwich with fries. My wife got a buttermilk chicken sandwich with fries. And between the two of us, we also split a single order of 
uh, medium wings. Here's my, my thoughts on those as well as a, a couple observations about the place itself. We went there on a Sunday at around 1 p.m. And we had a good solid uh, hour wait to be able to get a table. I mean, that's not idea, of course, but to be honest with you, didn't really bother me too much. And like I said, this is a new place. It's very busy. And I'm sure they're still probably getting some of their processes in order a little bit. Now, I did talk to a friend of mine who said they went there on Friday early evening and it was packed, but they had no wait at all. Our wait for us, not that big of a deal. Part of the reason why it's not a, a big deal is because they have not just one, but two bars there at Johnson's Landing that can go have a drink or two, kind of walk around. So lots of stuff to do and walk around to kill your time there. So having an hour wait is not like going to Applebee's where you got to sit down, you know, near the uh, the entrance for an hour and wait for a table. This place, there's plenty of things to do to be able to, to kill that time. And there's three levels of this place. I want to point that out. Um, the rooftop is on the third floor. And here's another really cool thing about this place, which I was really happy personally to see. If you're an older person or you got some kind of physical handicap or you got like, in my case, COPD, or if you're just some lazy ass person who don't want to walk up a bunch of steps, you don't have to. That's really cool here. You don't have to walk up any steps. They have an elevator. In fact, it's located right when you first walk in the door. So you could take an elevator all the way up to the third floor of the rooftop bar. And I'll tell you, up there is pretty cool, man. It is, um, it's hugely spacious. It's comfortable. Lots of room to walk around. Plenty of outdoor patio furniture up there. Lots of tables with some chairs. Plenty of room and a bar up there. In fact, we got a couple of drinks up there and hung out while we were waiting. View-wise, I mean, if you look out one side, it's just the parking lot, which, by the way, the parking is nice. It's big. So even when it's busy, there's tons of parking there. Um, but anyway, that's one side. Now, if you look out on the other side towards Hamburg, there's um, it's really cool views in a way because the water's right off uh, the rooftop. You can see it. It looks really nice. That's cool. Got to be honest with you, though, what, what, what's not cool is kind of like the, the landscape around the property itself. Now, maybe, you know, being a brand new place, they'll eventually start to add some things around the area of the property to kind of make it a little more um, visually appealing because right now, quite frankly, it looked a little bit uh, like an eyesore. But anyway, like I said, three levels to the place. There's outdoor seating on all three of them. I'm not sure about the second floor because I didn't walk around there, but I know that you cannot eat food on the rooftop bar. So if you're coming up to hang out on the rooftop bar, it's for drinks and vibes only, no food. Um, so we went down after the hour to the first floor. We had an indoor table, preferred to sit inside. Um, again, the place inside, really nice, plenty big, nothing like spectacular, but nice. You know, it's, it's brand new, but it doesn't look too modern, if that makes sense. But it doesn't look old and run down either. It's nice. Anyway, food-wise, um, I got the wings. And like I said, they were fine. The, uh, they were crispy, which is good. Um, they were cooked very well, very well. I want to point that out. Um, pretty big. Now they call them jumbo wings, but they weren't jumbo wings. But they weren't small either. Um, 16 bucks was the price too, which by the way, as much as it pains me to say this, 16 bucks in today's economy is actually not that bad. It's a pretty standard price, maybe even a little bit on the cheap side, believe it or not, for a single order of wings um, this day. So yeah, that's the good. Like I said, cooked well, plenty crisp. Plenty big, 
decent price. The drawback on these wings, at least for me anyway, is we went with medium. And I'm a kind of guy who, when I get medium, I don't want to burn my mouth, but I expect to get at least some kick. Like I verge between getting medium or hot, depending on where I go. Like some places I like hot, but other places I can't have hot because they're just too hot. Like for an example, Duff's or uh, Macy's Place Pizzeria. Those are two places that immediately come to mind. But anyway, these medium here, buttery, the taste, too buttery, kind of bland, no kick whatsoever, none at all. Um, we had to get a side of hot sauce, which by the way, their hot sauce, if you're wondering, is quite literally Frank's. It's Frank's hot sauce. So we got, they. in fact, I know that because they literally gave us a bottle. So we put the, my wife put some hot sauce on them, kind of shook them up a little bit. And then they were fine at that point, once they had some heat. Like I said, the wings were cooked well and they were big and they, and, and they were uh, crispy. But just the mediums, don't get the medium sauce unless you don't like any kick. These are closer to mild than hot. Like medium is supposed to be like dead in the middle between hot and mild. These very clearly were closer to being mild than they were being hot. So um, I would definitely recommend getting hot unless you don't like any heat at all. Um, as for my sandwiches, like I said, I got a beef on wex sandwich. I'll tell you, pretty decent sized sandwich. Again, nothing crazy, but a decent sized sandwich. The beef was fine. It was it was moist. It wasn't dried. Um, the juice was fine too. My only issue with this sandwich was the Kimowick roll. Now I'm a guy when I get a Kimowick roll, I want it salty. And this issue was like borderline plain. It was, I took some salt, I took a salt shaker and, and put some on, hoping to be able to recapture that salt taste a little bit kind of to no avail because it was falling off but anyway i did not like the roll um only because it just tasted like a plain roll now if you like kimowek but you don't want a salty roll then you're probably going to love it but i didn't because i wanted a salty roll so that kind of i don't want to say it ruined the sandwich but it made it not as good for me <laughs> i will say the fries really good i don't want to say elite that's a word we probably throw around too much so I'm not going to say they were elite, but the fries were really, uh, really good. As for my wife having a uh, buttermilk fried chicken sandwich, I can only go by what she said. And she said that it was good, um, safe, like nothing unique tasting about it, but it was perfectly fine. Which to sum it all up, when it comes to their food, that's how I feel. It Kind of safe, standard, average. Now. Saying that could sound like an insult, but it's really not. Because when you're in Buffalo in a, in a town that is so rich with great food, when you say a place is average, that means it's good. Like if I tell you, you know, these wings, by Buffalo standards are average. Well, to me, um, an average Buffalo chicken wing is still really good. Like if these wings were in Florida or Missouri or something like that, people would be going nuts for them. So all in all, uh, Johnson's Landing, I, I think it's a really nice place. It's just a stone's throw away from the water. If you want to walk across and, you know, go mess around uh, near the water. Um, in terms of the food, nothing's like, oh my God, you know, this is so insanely good. I live in Amherst or I live in Clarence. I'm going to go drive 40 minutes to Hamburg just for this food. I don't think their food is on that level by any means, but it's good. It's perfectly good. It's good food. It's an enjoyable time. Beautiful view during the summer when it's nice out at least. The rooftop bar is really sweet. Uh, there's lots of walking around, lots of things to do. 
in there, including a shuffleboard table, by the way, in the middle on the inside of the first floor. I noticed two people playing that. So like I said, there's no shortage of activities there, things to do, a great place to go have a couple drinks, great place to vibe out, and some pretty decent food, but nothing stellar. Again, I would say the food is average, but to me in Buffalo, when you say average, that means it's pretty good. All right, and that was my review of Johnson's Landing, the brand new restaurant, three-story uh, sky bar, roof bar, whatever you want to call it in Hamburg. Impressive. Um, impressive for sure. That's going to do it for this episode. Real quick here. Now, if you're listening all the way at the very end, that means you support this show. Just want to spell something out for you guys. I'm working on doing more of these solo shows and it's kind of about getting reps at this point. I'm not used to them. I guess that's what I'm getting at here. I'm used to having a guest and having these conversations and the vibes, the back and forth. Um, in an effort to, to start putting out more shows, which I am going to be doing more on that coming up soon. Uh, I'm doing some solo shows here and there. And uh, that's kind of a process right now. I know I fumbled over a couple things at the especially at the beginning of the show, but I'll get it down. Like I said, it's just about solo practice and reps. So please stick with us. Um, like I said, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or whether you're following us on one of the uh podcast platforms, however, you typically listen to uh the podcast. And, and for, for the reviews, like I said, whether it's wing reviews or restaurant reviews or TV shows, stuff, start doing a lot of other fun stuff beyond just sports talk on here as well. So look out for more than that. Again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, at Patrick Moran TV, that's the handle for Twitter, TikTok. Yes, I am on TikTok now. I can't believe I am, but I am. And Instagram, Talking Buffalo Podcast is where you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the game. Notre Dame season kicks off, by the way, on Saturday. I'm really excited about that. Plenty of new episodes uh, next week. We'll talk about the Bills finale. We'll talk about the 53-man roster, which is due Tuesday. Just a lot of stuff going on. So have a good weekend, and uh, I'll be back. Brand new shows next week. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.